Hello, heroes, and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm James D'Amato, your host and game master. Heroes, I'm really excited about this week's episode. We're playing Our Traveling Home by Ash Kreider. Some of you might know Ash's work from The Watch, a game we played with the broadswords a couple years ago. I really like Ash's design sensibilities, and I found the fiction and structure of The Watch so compelling. Every game of it I've played so far has been extremely emotional and really something to remember. Which is why I'm so excited about the subject matter for our traveling home. Because it is distinctly cheerier than The Watch, while keeping a good grounded heart of emotional play. Our Traveling Home is designed to mirror Ghibli movies, and most specifically, it's modeled after Howl's Moving Castle. Each game of Our Traveling Home is a queer love story about a found family that resists an oppressive world. And rather than spending all of its time focusing on strife and conflict, it focuses so much of its gaze on a group of outsiders and misfits working to build a life together. Our Traveling Home uses a series of mini-games to play out different scenes. It's a structure you might find familiar from games like Firebrands. However, Our Traveling Home is actually not descended from Firebrands. It's a unique take on a similar concept, and one that I really enjoy. I'm a huge fan of mechanics supporting the specific experiences players are having while playing the game. And breaking down those experiences from scene to scene is a really compelling way to do it. It also means that each time you play this game, it's gonna be wildly different, even if it's playing with the same structural pieces. I really think this game is gonna resonate with so many people in our audience, which is why I'm happy to tell you about it right before the Kickstarter starts up. Our Traveling Home is gonna be kickstarting this month, and right now you can keep yourself informed by following the link in our show notes over to the preview page on Kickstarter so you can be notified as soon as the project goes live. We all know supporting projects early helps them succeed, and I'd really love to see this one do well. But we'll let you judge for yourselves. With all that out of the way, let's get to the show. Alright heroes, let's meet our party for this week. First up, my darling, my dear, Mel D'Amato. Hey. What's up, darling? Oh, you know. I mean, I don't, well, yeah, you I, you I, do, I do know, know because we we've been quarantining together. There's no way that I could not know. Hun, we are about to play a game that is based on Howl's Moving Castle, a, a favorite of, of both of ours. So to really you know, get to know you better. I, mm -hmm. I want to know, who is your favorite wizard? Can I say Zatanna? Yes, you Ooh. can. Ooh. Mm -hmm. What is it about Zatanna for you? Female. <laughs> I don't know. She okay. <laughs> okay. That's like, were you just like s s sitting over there going, Who's a female wizard that I can like? And you just found Zatanna? you told me the icebreaker like a minute ago, and my <laughs> my immediate brain response is panic. So mm. I Googled, looked at a short list, and saw Zatanna and said, yeah, Zatanna. Yeah, Zatanna rules. Yeah. I mean, casting spells by talking backwards is very good. Palindromes are going to be a problem for you, but otherwise, Good thing good I'm not stuff. a wizard in this game. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my problem. 
<laughs> okay, yes. I guess that is a good point. It is indeed my problem. Let's let's move on though to, to another another howl connoisseur. And that is Allie Grower. Welcome to the show. Hello, thank you. Allie, I'm I'm so glad to have you with us. Uh, there was an anecdote that you told off mic that I think would just be a, a sweet note to, to get on air. Yeah. I adore Howl's Moving Castle. I read the book many years after I saw the film, the Studio Ghibli film, but the anecdote that I shared earlier is that I actually walked down the aisle at my wedding to the merry-go-round of life, which is the very sweet waltz piano theme that follows Howl and Sophie throughout the movie. Oh, that's so sweet. Not a dry eye in the house. <laughs> <laughs> and Allie, who is your favorite wizard? Okay, I have a question about that. Yes. Does the wizard have to be called a wizard, or are we talking about any kind of thaumaturge? So I, I think I think we 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 had like it is any sort of thaumaturge based on Z- Zatanna, who I think rightfully could be called a wizard, but I think is called a magician mm, uh, mm-hmm. because she likes to dress as a classic stage, stage magician, vaudeville stage, but magician. like absolutely has the power of a wizard for so. sure. Okay, cool. My answer then is Schmendrick the magician from The Last Unicorn. Okay. Um, who is a, a delightful character and is beyond all shadow of a doubt an underdog of a magic user. Mm-hmm. Like he just has zero control, no idea what he's doing, and he is secretly more powerful than anybody imagines, which I think is the best possible story for a wizard. All right. All right. I like that. That's beautiful. Let's turn over to a returning favorite, a real powerhouse of a player, and that is B. B, welcome back to One Shot. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me again. I'm so excited to have you back. I'm so excited to have you back for for this in particular. You shared your favorite wizard with us earlier, and I am I'm a fan of this wizard. So, so please tell the folks, uh, who's your favorite wizard? Okay, so I feel like I do need to preface that y'all have come up with these wonderful, insightful wizards that have all these wonderful powers and like these incredibly in-depth backstories, and then I chose the Ice King. <laughs> <laughs> Whose backstory is quite in-depth, yeah. in your is. defense. It is, when he was like Simon Petrov or something, rather, and like his story with the crown. Like, it's beautiful, but also... I just like that he steals princesses and has ice magic. Really, Who doesn't really want to steal a princess? He just doesn't want to be alone. And that's why he has penguin friends. There are objectively better ways to go about doing that. But oh, yeah. he is a charmer and he f- uses his beard like wings to fly. Which, which is very right? good. You can't, you can't help but love that. 10 out of 10 wizard skills. <laughs> <laughs> Our final guest is actually the designer of this game, and I, I am so excited to have them on the show because we've, we've featured their work before, and actually, I think this is the first time I've got a chance to talk to you, Ash. Is that right? I mean, we've kind of intersected at Gen Con briefly. Oh, yeah. Like, that barely counts. Yeah, because if, if it's too loud for me to really feel confident that I understand conversations <laughs> that I'm having, I don't right. think it counts. Yeah. Because I know, I, know I, I intended several times to meet you at Big Bad Con, and I brought my copy of The Watch each time to get a signature, but all of those, unfortunately, were like ships in the night. Oh, uh, no! 
I will I will get a signature for me. Oh, also I I, I went to what's the one in Canada in Toronto? Breakout con. Breakout. Yeah. yeah. Also also a B con, which is why I uh, I was forgetting it. I also went to Breakout and brought my pristine copy of the watch for signing and and missed you there as well. You should but, have said something. <laughs> I'm too, oh, I was too shy. I was way too shy to like, cause like, and if I haven't met someone before in another context, I'm like, oh, I can't, I just, I can't just go up to them. It has to be a perfect moment where they're alone, but not immersed in another thing. So I'm interrupting. Like, anyway. Or I have to force you. Yes. Or Mel has to bodily drag me across the room to do it. But I am, I'm so excited to be able to play this game with you, a new game that you've designed. Before we get to that though, I have to ask who is your favorite wizard? And I will preface this by saying non-Howl because you did make a game about it. And so probably that's the easy answer. So I did mention that you are going to get at least one angry email about this. And that is because, so Jedi are absolutely space wizards. Yeah, that, it, it, uh-huh. I believe somebody calls Obi-Wan a wizard in A New Hope. Yeah. So yeah. absolutely. Right? Canonically space wizards. So therefore- That old wizard's a drunk. My favorite wizard is General Organa. Yeah! Oh my gosh! In Last Jedi, yes. that scene where, where she's floating in space. Right? Like, that's the most right? wizard stuff. That is that's some wizard, wizard shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, I, I heartily support this, and I will gladly throw those angry emails immediately <laughs> into the trash. <laughs> Good. Can we set like a Gmail alert that that flags any email that has a certain phrase in it? Just trash it. Beautiful. I I should just do that as a general. You should. We should look at that. I'll teach you how to do it. Okay, cool. Now that we we have that out of the way, I, I think we're ready to start playing. This game has a lot of world building and whatnot and character building that happens up front. And I am going to step out of the way so Ash can guide us through their game and explain the concept. Please introduce us to Our Traveling Home. Yeah, so Our Traveling Home, I mean, it started as a game based on Howl's Moving Castle, but more generally, it's a game about queer romance, found family, and finding healing through belonging. Um, every character in the game is, uh, I mean, basically we're, we're all playing a bunch of oddballs and misfits who can't fit in anywhere else um, and who have come together to form this new family. And there are forces from the outside world that are trying to tear the family apart, but the game will always have a happy ending. The queer romance will always end happily and... Uh, everyone is going to survive to be part of this happily ever after. So, and we we love to hear that. We do love to hear it. Uh, that you know, I feel like this is the happy queer content I needed in 2020. So, um, yeah. Uh, and I should mention, actually, um, our traveling home uh, started. Um, it's kind of drifted a little bit from there, but it started as a hack of stew pot, which is uh, an amazing game uh, by Takuma Akata about. Um, former D&D adventurer type people who uh, have retired from adventuring and are starting uh, like their own tavern. Um, It's incredible. Uh, I can't say enough good things about it. Um, It is also, it like peak wholesome, very feel good. So um, if people enjoy listening to this, uh, they should definitely go check out that because uh, I owe 
uh, props to their game. So, Oh, that sounds lovely. So the first step, I think, is just introducing our characters to each other. There's some relationship building questions that we're going to go through after we've introduced our characters and then going to kind of try and get quickly through world building to get to actually jump into playing. The characters have like a number at the bottom right of the sheet, you know, so it's the wizard first and then the demon, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, cool. Yeah, if I can get people to introduce their characters in order, I figure once everybody introduces their character, then we'll go through the relationships and then we can go on to world building. All righty. So I am number one here, so I'll get us started off. I am going to be playing the wizard. Long ago, you bargained with a demon for power, and now you are bound to its fate. You've done wondrous things with that power, but struggle to connect with people so you fall back on impressing them instead. You just want to find someone you can connect with before your time runs out. There are lots of lovely names for the wizard here. I decided to instead do a name along the same theme, and I think my wizard will be called Shine. The choices for gender are so lovely that I have to read them out. For gender, ambiguous, irrelevant, transcendent, and yes. I am going to go with transcendent because that feels very good to me. I like I like that very much. For eyes, I've got laughing eyes. For my body is going to be graceful and my clothing will be flamboyant. I've got a detail here. It is a pact. The mark of your demonic pact is subtle, but when you overextend your powers, it transforms you dramatically. What is the mark and how does it change you? Why are you running out of time before you lose your humanity completely? My mark is going to be a black hole in my chest where my heart should be. When I overextend my powers, I get, you know, this cool, like, gravitational lensing around me that grows and grows and grows until you can barely see me at all. All you can see is, like, the shimmer of power around me. And when that gravitational lensing relaxes, it, it, it shrinks down, but each time the black hole gets a little bit larger. So I only have so much time on that. And I think that's the last thing before relationships. And I, I, I'm assuming that we introduce all the characters before we get to relationships. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And actually, that brings up a really good point. So the wizard, depending on the group, can go in a body horror direction. Please don't. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, is the gravitational <laughs> lensing that is too fine. much? Okay. No, no, that's fine for me as described, but just for the rest of the game, that's a good level, but like more than that would be bad for me. So I just wanted to... Before we go on, we should probably throw in a lines and veilsy thing. Are there any subjects that we absolutely should not touch on this recording, apart from, I'll say, sexual assault is the obvious one that probably would not come up in this story? The one that I always bring up, but I don't think will be a problem here, is making fun of cross-dressing or transgender themes so i don't think that there'll be a problem with this group yeah i would um, second i would second vote for for no body horror okay yeah. cool i'd like to try and avoid like the overarching pandemic themes yeah hey great great <laughs> good point okay yeah okay awesome Okay, so cool. those are all things that are completely off the table. If there's anything that might be sensitive that we should either pause to discuss before we introduce or, or anything, now is a good time to say it. You can always bring it up later. It's just if there's anything that you can think of up the top of your head, it'd be good to do it from the start. I'm good. All right. Okay. S sounds good. So the next one on the list is the demon. You have a dark bargain that binds you to the wizard. 
You resent that they exploit your power, but you've grown attached to the new members of the family. You miss your freedom and look forward to ending your pact, but you don't know what you'll do when that happens. That's me. My name is Azranel. My gender is irrelevant. My eyes are black, which made me think that when you feel the blackness increase, so do my eyes. Ooh, I like that. My body is made of earth, and I have a human voice. My detail is you are bound to the home and cannot leave. What are the pact's other limitations? Is there any other action or actions that the pact prevents you from taking? And I wrote that I cannot bury the home unless I am specifically asked to. Because I think when we first formed the pact, I said, I hate this, and now I'm going to bury you and let you die. And you stopped that. And now I specifically cannot bury the home for safety or to smother anyone for fun uh, without being told to. (laughs) Good. (laughs) I think that brings us to me, the monster. Until not very long ago, you were a monster either an untamed demon or a witch of the wilds. However, you finally got your comeuppance and were stripped of your powers. The cursed took pity on you when no one else would and took you in. Now you struggle to accept your place in this new family. My name is Lament. My gender is witch. My eyes are rather dead. They've got that milky glossiness to it, but if you look deep, deep down, you can see the sparkling of starlight. I have a slightly monstrous body where my limbs are too long and even my, my torso, all parts of me just seem longer than any human has the right to be. But I do my best to hide that with tattered clothing, layers upon layers to hide my strange shape. My detail is how were your powers taken from you? By who and why did I deserve it? What illusion about your appearance are you no longer able to maintain? I mean, I would like to think that I can blend in with society, but if I were to stand at my full height, I'm something like eight feet tall. I can't hide my own monstrosities. I can't hide what makes me different. If you peel apart the layers of my ragged, tattered clothing, you can see my flesh crumbling underneath me. And my powers were taken from me probably due to my own vanity, due to my own arrogance, due to my own wallowing self-pity, which is why my name is Lament. You're going to fit right in here, I imagine. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I think it's my turn. I will be playing the child. You lost your family and were taken in by the wizard at a young age as their apprentice, though they were a pretty indifferent parent figure in the beginning. You don't have much control over the situations you find yourself in, but you're determined to do your small part for this family. My name is Sable, and for gender, I have circled maybe. Mm-hmm. I actually circled girl, and then I erased it, and then I circled maybe. Ooh, ooh, that's even more specific. I like that. Yeah. I have curious eyes. I have a soft body. And my clothing is fancy. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's covered in embroidery. Oh, I definitely either buy or make you outfits. <gasps> like that is, I think, what sold me on you joining this little troop <gasps> is like, oh, it's a doll for me. Yes. And I think some of the embroidery came with the clothes. And I think some of the embroidery is stuff that I have tried to teach myself how to do. So some of it is not good looking, but it is very fancy looking. Oh, that's good. That's good. I love that. I, I like the idea. I think probably the wizard does like very intricate, fancy embroidery and has to swallow it every time you add to it. Look what I made. Wonderful. <laughs> Let's just I'm fold that better. over here. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'll put that inside the pocket. <laughs> Good. <laughs> My detail is apprentice. How long has the wizard been teaching you magic? What kind of magic did you show a natural affinity for? And what type of magic are you hopeless at? I don't know how long you've been teaching me magic. I, I can't decide whether it's been a long time or whether time is irrelevant and it's been a very short time, but it feels like a long time. Here's what I kind of think. I'm going to tell you what... Well, actually, we're getting too into detail. Well, no, no, it's part of it's your thing. part, it's part of, of the your detail. Thing. Okay. And then I'll say the rest of the detail. Okay, so I kind of think that the wizard, again, did not initially adopt you as an apprentice so much as a, a beautiful thing to dress up. I, I, I picture this wizard being, like, very fashion-focused. Like, he does have ineffable magical powers, but... You know, that's not the focus. It's about the art. It's about the fashion. Mm -hmm. So I adopted you as apprentice to teach you my style because I know one day I will die and the world will be without my beauty. And yes. that is too sorrowful for me to bear. So I'm trying to teach you fashion and embroidery and whatnot, and you cannot do that. Yeah. Uh, so you've been picking up magic on the side. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> cool. So you're not actually teaching me. I'm just here. Yeah, I think it, well, maybe, maybe, do you want to learn magic? So, so let me say the rest of the detail then. Because mm -hmm. I think the natural affinity that I show in magic is comfort and healing. But not, the types of magic that I'm not good at are like, powerful moves or elemental stuff like I can't do a firebolt I can't like summon water to douse the, the flames of our, our cooking fire or anything like that like I can't do any of that but I'm very good at being comforting and I'm very good at healing perhaps even in like a subtle kind of unintentional way mm. um, so I think then anything about your fashion stuff that you are trying to teach me with a magical bent to it mm -hmm. I am not getting it yeah I'm just not getting it. But other things that you do unintentionally, I sort of am absorbing by osmosis by being close to you. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it is like when I have a need for something like, please get me the coffee. And yeah. and you're like, it's on the top of the thing. It's like, oh, I'll teach you the spell so we can get back to yeah, learning yeah. how to use a pattern. It's yeah. so simple. Yeah. You have to get better at telekinesis. Otherwise, who's going to get the coffee? Yeah. Cool. So like we'll spend a hundred years on that. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. So, yeah, that's what I got. Cool. Awesome. So that just leaves me. I'm playing the cursed. I left normal society after a powerful being cursed me with the transformation spell. Now I struggle with a body that is strange and incorrect. The wizard isn't able to help me with my spell, but I've found acceptance and a place I can be useful here. My name is Cyril. I am 
non-binary, mostly mask-presenting-ish. I have sad eyes and a weird body. So I think the curse basically turned me into, like, a living shadow. When there is, like, really bright light during the day or whatever, you can kind of, like, see through me. Ooh. And and I, like, start having trouble, like, interacting like, I, I kind of turn ghostly and have trouble, like, actually touching things. It's only, like, in the dark where I can kind of interact with people normally. But I'm also a lot spookier in the dark. <laughs> yeah, and I, I have a strange voice. Like, my voice kind of echoes, like, like, sounds like it's coming from the bottom of a well or something like that. Like, it's coming from far away. It's not that you have trouble hearing it. It just has that weird echoey quality to it. So my detail is what was my old life like, what obligation held me to it. I grew up pretty poor, but managed to get an education and become a tutor for a noble's family. Kind of part tutor, part governess, where I was caring for the children as well. But I happened to get this curse and the children were terrified of me when it happened. So I ran away oh. into the wilds and that was where the wizard found me. And the wizard was like, oh, wow, that's weird, but okay. <laughs> so I didn't have anywhere else to go. So that's how I ended up here. Yeah, I can I can absolutely see Shine being like a shadow creature. This is wonderful. <laughs> and oh boy, th there's, there's a cool thread in there of like, I imagine Shine having a lot of light magic to, to his, his oeuvre. So I have to imagine that the thing that I need to learn is to contain my own egotistical personality because if I'm too bright and shining, it's definitely going to make problems for this person. Yep. That's great. It sure does. And there's a specific circumstance where the curse weakens to show others my true form when I'm not aware of it. And I think that is like when I'm concentrating really hard on something, you know, like that kind of like hyper-focus thing where like everything falls away. Mm-hmm. So the only time you kind of catch a glimpse of what Cerule actually looks like, which is kind of early 30s, prematurely graying silver fox because I'm shallow and I want to be beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you're going to fit in so great here. <laughs> yeah. So that is all the characters. So now we go back up to the top of the order and we're going to work through the relationship questions, starting with Shine. Okay, I discussed this with the demon. How did I enter my pact with the demon and why? It seems like this is heavily involuntary on your part. Mm. Um, it could be, I think there are two ways that we can do this. It could be, I tricked you is path one. Or one that I'm liking, I think a little bit better is we were rivals of some kind. And the only way we could overcome a challenge is by creating this pact together. And so neither of us really love that we're in the pact, but it's the only way that we could get past that one challenge. And now I, I don't know whether I'm afraid of your resentment to release the pact or I'm still worried about the, thi the, the challenge that we overcome. What, what, what do you think? What's your preference? See, when you say rival, all I can think of is rival to lover. So that's not going <laughs> to <laughs> That's not going to work. No, There's no rival to friend in your uh, <laughs> lexicon there? No. Okay. Uh, well, maybe. I, I mean, I guess. Gosh. So so I'm like 
I'm I'm an earth demon come from the ground. Maybe I'm think like in my head something happened in the mountains. Okay. Okay. Um, maybe there was an accident or like there was about to be an accident and I saved you, but in the moment of my saving you, you bound me somehow. Is that is that anything? Uh, so, like, what I think, it just makes the wizard so mean. <laughs> yeah, if you just, like, helped me and I, like, capture you, like, then I'm kind oh, of irredeemable. All right, so, so how maybe I'm trying to kill you. Mmm, okay, okay. Guess I like what? that. Mudslide. <laughs> I love this because my solution is we are going to be friends. Mm. that's what I think. That's why I've bound you to me. <laughs> and the side benefit is all of this power that's come from that. Like the power is pretty good, but I'm sure once you get to know me and it's taken, sure, a couple hundred years so far and the needle hasn't moved at all, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure mm. if you get to know me, you're going to grow to love me. What my, my only question for you then is what were you doing on the mountain that irritated me? Well, so shine is this kind of boisterous and flamboyant. Uh, the thing that I keep coming back to is for gender, it is transcendent. I think shine was looking for gems because he's trying to like adorn You know, gender is a spectrum, and a lot of people think, like, man and woman are the extremes of that spectrum, but that is not the case. There is something beyond, and that's really what Shine is working on, Mm. and the way to do that is to integrate gems into your body and, like, really glimmer and shimmer as hard as you can. So I was definitely stealing jewels from, from the mountain. Okay. And then I released a mudslide on you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Mm-hmm. And and I must have deceived you in some way. I've got a black hole oh, in my heart. I should have. I didn't read my relationship question yet. Oh uh, no! I think we're getting there. Um, I know, but it, it's it's directly related oh, to cool. the situation. Mine says you'll never admit it, but when the wizard found you, you were weak and needed the pact to survive. How did making the pact save your life? Here's a thought that I have, and it puts our planet quote unquote, in a very strange cosmic place, I have a black hole where my heart should be. What if the core of this planet was a singularity and slowly like all of the matter in this planet is being concentrated into that black hole and you're the earth demon, right? So you were this planet and I think like got wounded some way, like a fatal wound, like you were stabbed at your core and it turned into a singularity and this pact has embedded that core in my heart, which stopped the planet from consuming itself. So like it is keeping you alive before you were like a happy kind of almost like naturey kind of thing. You're, you're just the planet. And then something very, very bad happened. And you're like, I am the demon and I am going to punish all of the beings that live on the surface of this planet until I am consumed by whatever because somebody really messed me up real bad. This got real big real fast, but okay. <laughs> There's like Fern Gully vibes happening. This is like this it. is some wizard stuff. And so maybe I was like, oh, the planet is ending. I just need to teach the spirit at the core of the planet to love again. I need to I need to unbreak your heart. 
And so I'm like, well, the easiest way I've been through many messy relationships, I've always managed to weather my heart through. So I'll just I'll just put your heart where mine is and it'll be fine. This went right back to rivals to lovers. (laughs) This is going to be slightly poly. No, uh, (laughs) we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. That will not. uh, I'll make sure. Call it loving rivalry. Before we go. I mean, it could be like simple best friends sort of thing. But I want to make sure that that won't corrupt the structure that Ash has envisioned. You know, honestly, I've. okay, that's a lie. I can't say that I've seen. No, I have seen weirder. Okay. Okay. It's fine. Cool, cool. This game tends to get weird. There is like an asshole, like magic punk, like Great Britain Empire. So it would be very easy to say that like they're like manifest destinying all over the place. So it would be very easy to say that they like invented a thing that like sort of broke the planet. Yep. 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 That that makes that makes sense. So, so then I, I think the terms of this pact are this pact will end when your heart isn't broken anymore. Hey heroes, it's James, your Game Master, and welcome to the mid-roll. Heroes, I dearly hope you're enjoying this week's episode. If you like the game already, be sure to follow the link in our show notes to see the preview page for the Our Traveling Home Kickstarter. As always, this episode is brought to you by our backers over on Patreon. These episodes were once again edited by Tracy Barnett, someone who would not be able to afford to do this amazing work without your support. And in return for your support on Patreon, you can get lots of cool bonuses with all sorts of cool behind-the-scenes stuff and even bonus games. Coming up this week on the Secret Archive feed, we've got a conversation between myself, Drew Merzieski, and Patrick Rothfuss about the first season of Skyjack's Courier's Call. Pat and I were both big fans of Courier's Call. We had a lot of questions for Drew about his process and really just wanted to tell him what a wonderful job we thought he and the cast of Courier's Call did. That discussion is going to be broken up into three parts and released over the next three weeks. If you are a fan of Skyjack's or Courier's Call and you want to get some extra lore details or learn some neat behind-the-scenes information, it's definitely something you won't want to miss. Just head to patreon.com slash one-shot podcast and sign up to be a supporter. Thanks to everyone who supports us already and everyone who's going to support us in the future. And now, with all that out of the way, let's get back to the show. I thought it would take me like a week to fix this. So the, <laughs> and it's been a so long the black time. hole is my heart and it got sad because people ruined the planet mm-hmm. and I almost broke everything. But you said, let me save you. Mm-hmm. So you white knighted and, and now and, you're stuck there. And messed it up real bad. <laughs> okay. And now we okay. live together. <laughs> now we yeah! live together. What a wacky comedy. Okay. So I think my fallback plan is roommates. Mm. <laughs> and they were roommates. Do you have a second question? Um, let's see. What will end it? Why is ending the pact out of reach? Because I can't make myself love. And maybe, again, I gave it, I thought I would have it in a week, and I didn't. And it's been hundreds of years at least. Can we, can we scale back to maybe like 100 years? Just because 100 I've always years. been creeped out by the like Edward Cullen like level oh, yeah. mismatch. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, okay. So so then yeah, it has been maybe 100 years and I think 
maybe my wizard does have a little bit of ADHD mm. in that I just can't bring myself to finish things. And like, I didn't finish, <laughs> I didn't finish this in a week. <laughs> I didn't finish this in a week. So it's like, um, maybe I can't do it and that's fine. Uh, <laughs> that's, I, I really movie. tried to love and uh, it didn't happen. So you're a house now. <laughs> Great. Which you were a planet before, which is kind of like an elaborate house, really. Yeah, I'm having the time of my life. Uh, that kind of leads to my question, too. How do you feel about the wizard? Ask the wizard how they feel about you. Mm -hmm. I feel annoyance. Uh, and I, I think I feel, after this long period of time, almost a sense of comfort, because this is the steadiest friendship that I've had. Yeah. And yeah. it's, it's something that I can just kind of relax into and live with. I might not be happy about it and daydream about the freedom of being in the earth again. But for the most part, it's fine for now. Yeah, it's been a while since you've been able to stretch and like move your tectonic plates and whatnot. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. So I imagine that being a little uncomfortable. I think the wizard cannot bring himself to look in your eyes. Well, they are black. They, they, they look like the black hole, so mm -hmm. they remind him of the thing that is now, like, consuming him. There's so much emotion tied up in that. Almost like there might be a bit of a parental bent to this because you are the planet. And I think the wizard just really wants to impress you and, you know, hasn't. That's the thing. The wizard wants to impress everybody. Okay, I found it. The wizard wants to impress everybody. The wizard feels your disappointment mm -hmm. uh, palpably every time. Yeah, I, th I think that's what, where we are in that. Do I do the, the second relationship yes. question now? Okay. The second relationship question for the wizard is to the cursed. What do you find beautiful about the cursed? Okay, what do I find beautiful about the cursed? I am a little bit not sure if it's good for, I, I don't think the wizard should be overly infatuated with the idea of the curse being a shadow being because that is specifically a body type that is bringing the cursed some like consternation and discomfort. So I'm trying to find something else that the wizard likes about the cursed. I think it's too easy to say that the cursed is an audience for the wizard. I do think that's probably how it started, but I think the cursed has to have challenged something. The cursed is breaking the pattern of the wizard's bad life. Like that, that, that's clearly what the story is about. So I just need to figure out what the wizard loves about that. That is not surfaced level. And I don't, I don't think the wizard actively knows that he loves this. Is it maybe the cursed actually calls the wizard on his shit? Yes. Are they the only person that does that? So I'm trying to decide because the demon definitely is annoyed and like annoyed in a way that is noticeable, right? But like, you know how like if your partner says something, they don't count? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It could be that you expect are the only person who expects the wizard to do better. Like, Azrenel always complains, so... Azrenel always <laughs> complains and basically has accepted that this is a failure. And, <laughs> yeah, no one, no one else believes that the wizard is capable of more. And 
there was just the smallest moment I was infatuated with the idea of like, oh, I've got a lovely new shadow toy for the house. This is great. Welcome in. I realized instantly that you were not comfortable with being that. I was like, okay, well, now this is okay. I can't like that. So I guess I have to just drop this person off at the next place. And then you did something that was like, hey, everybody told you to take off your boots. Take off your boots. And it was like, oh, I just leave the boots on and they complain about it. But you actually, okay, let's just see. Let's just see. And then slowly, <laughs> slowly, it has turned into, you need the wizard to fix things. And I don't know how positive that is for you, but we'll see. Uh, the thing that I have to do for you, though, is ask the cursed, what do they find beautiful about me? I mean, obviously, you're physically beautiful. Like, that. Yes. I think that was the first thing that Cyril noticed. But... There's like a crazy kind of like next level optimism in like, oh, clearly I need to just make the planet love again. <laughs> and it started as that, but like as Cyril has kind of gotten to know Shine a little bit, like that's also like the deeper part of it. Sure. But like who who else would like who else would think that way? I like this because I think then the the connection between those two things is you're the only person that treats me the way I kind of treat the world. Everybody around me is like, oh, well, obviously Shine is just deeply flawed and isn't going to change because it's been a hundred years and nothing is different now. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I have always been the person like, Oh, we can we can fix the world. I can teach this person fashion. That's that's easy. I can fix this decomposing monster. That's not a problem. Everything's going to be fine. I'll figure it out eventually. But you're the only person who's like turned to look at me like, oh my god, this wizard is an absolute mess. And <laughs> seeing that like, oh no, I can clean this mess. All all this person needs is help and for someone to believe in them a little bit. Yeah, yeah. that's good. I like that. Awesome. Uh, I believe because that takes care of both of Azrael's questions that we move on to uh, Lament. All right. So, yo cursed, yo rule. Did I cast the spell that transformed you into like that really uh, transparent, tra transparent business? Did I just lash out? Was I having a bad day? If you're into it, I am a hundred percent into it. Yes, please. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. I have a lot of feelings, and all of them are mean. <laughs> I'm tweeting that. Quote of the day. <laughs> oh my God. That's incredible. <laughs> you are just like my meanest friend. If there was social media, you would be the person who has like the sickest posts. <laughs> okay. So yeah, we were at the summer home. Oh yeah. My, my, you know, the family that I'm like caring for. I was doing a nature walk. These kids are going to need some names. I'm going to use some names from the playbook. Orlest and Kellis, taking them for a nature walk and, you know, teaching them how to like identify plants and stuff like that. Too much joy, too much happiness, too much positivity, too much education. I, I live to just express my my dismay, my resentment. And like, I love the idea that the scene you've laid out, it's beautiful. We've got like the wind blowing through the trees and the plants and everything. These two children are just like, I mean, they're kids. I assume that they're happy. Yeah. And you're just doing your thing. And then I shamble about, and this was when I still, I wasn't 
quite un, quite as undone, but I, I cannot abide that. I will not stand for it. I look upon you and I do not want to see you. Therefore, I make you as invisible as I can possibly stand. Yep. And the children <laughs> ran away screaming from both of us. That That is how that happened. If the sky got dark, too, that would just be the, the foreshadowing right there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's perfect. Oh, heck. So how were you involved in the incident that cost me my powers? And why did you take pity on me and take me in? Look at what I did to you. You can't even go back to that family now. So I don't know. I think I knew I couldn't go back to the family that I'd been living with. But I, I feel like there's definitely some like lawkeeper wizards or whatnot. And I, I, I basically found a way to like tip them off. And it was not much longer that you knew what happened when the sky got really dark and thunder started crackling overhead. Yeah. Yeah. And because they were dicks about it, they just like stripped you of your, your powers and left you there in the forest. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They didn't even say hello. It was just, what's up? Cast magic. And they dipped. Yeah. It's it's like the wizard equivalent of booting someone's car and then just like leaving. Yep. Right? Except the boot is like on your soul, so it's permanent. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That hurts. Oh, <laughs> that is the worst. I said these guys were assholes. So Yeah, they're, they're oh, I don't like them. <laughs> And I think I actually saw it happen. I like, oh, yes, I was like, yeah, I'm going to like help you find this complete monster and like, oh, they're going to get what's coming to them. And then I watched the whole thing happen and then they just left. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, oh you saw me at my most vulnerable. Yeah. And I it did not feel good. I thought that this was what I wanted. And no, I do not anymore. But there was no taking it back. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's good. That's very good. So I think it was shortly after that Cyril ended up meeting Shine and getting taken in. And that was like, so. <laughs> oh, no, they won't match anything. They're harmless, literally. I don't want to match anything. For everything but my aesthetic. <laughs> Oh, heck, which this leads me to my next and very, very good question. Wizard, mm -hmm. shine. Yes. You and I go back. We go back so far back. Ooh, we were once friends. Oh, yes. Can you imagine? I can't. So why did we become bitter enemies? Aside from the very distinct differences in fashion, because I will not concede to any color beyond gray and brown. Okay, yes, which, who boy, does that not work? Here's a proposal that I have, and you let me know. We could be, like, way back in the day, wizard school exes. Like, okay. because Shine has this belief that, like, they can heal any broken heart. And yep. maybe, maybe he has that belief because he got over you. <laughs> Okay, okay, <laughs> we're getting somewhere. Oh, my word. Oh, my word. And that's, you know, it's the same thing. I think Shine believes, probably, that the reason that you went out and lashed out at this person and ended up in the situation where, you know, you had your power stripped away and, and turned into this, this thing is 
that you didn't get over Shine. And so maybe he feels a little bit responsible or is just like, no, I just need to show you the way, heal the earth's broken heart, figure out a way to deal with the shadow thing and teach this person fashion. I can do all of it. And he grew a new hand for each one of those points. Absolutely. <laughs> oh gosh, so that moment when Cyril comes knocking at whatever it is you have as a door and then there's just me and them standing there. It's just like, you're not disappointed. You're excited at the challenge. Yes, yes, absolutely. Like, again, I got over you. Like, there is no ill will that I harbor towards you anymore. You're you're welcome here with open arms, as is kind of everyone. I would prefer that you wear something colorful. And that's a negotiation that we're having and have been having. I will never. It'll make you feel better. I don't want to feel. <laughs> okay, okay, we're working. We're I mean, working. emotions are overrated, so... Okay, okay. Thank you. This is good. This is very good. <laughs> awesome. So next on to Sable. Sweet. Okay, my first relationship question is, what happened to your family, and how did the wizard end up taking you in? How do you feel about the wizard? Ask the wizard how they feel about you. It's been a long time. It certainly has. I don't... But it feels like not very long at all. And vice versa. <laughs> um, well, I mean, to me, I kind of hyper-focused for decade, maybe two, and I lost them. Those are gone. And I clearly didn't need them. Yeah. What I do need is for you to look at your needlework and think about the colors you're choosing. <laughs> My, my knee-jerk reaction is that I don't remember what happened to my family. Oh. Not because of some trauma or, or accident, but just because I got picked up to go live with a wizard. And everything that I have absorbed and, and consumed and learned since then and experienced, it's like when you move to a new city, especially as a kid, right? Mm -hmm. You have, so context. I was born in the Midwest and then I moved to New England for many years as a child and then moved back to the Midwest right around the time I became a teenager. Mm -hmm. And then I have been mostly in the Midwest ever since. So my brother and I have this shared fever dream of what our life was like in New England. And neither one of us has been back to visit since. So like, I remember vague things about that life Partly because I was a child then, but partly because it was a totally different place with a totally different lifestyle and a totally different house, right? Mm -hmm. Totally different people. So I think it's like that, where enough time has passed and enough incredible, magnificent, wild things have taken place since I came to live with you that I just don't remember. The wizard must think you are his second greatest achievement. His first being his perfect, pure heart, yes. um, <laughs> which is currently a black hole, and we're working on that. And that's fine. It's a phase. The second is you. Because like you came from this background and maybe it was dark and maybe it was unpleasant, but you don't define yourself that way anymore. And that is so close to perfect. The only thing you're missing is the look. Yeah, I think that that's probably it. How did you end up finding me, though? Let's see. I think what what do you what do you like for us having met pre-packed 
like pre-demon. Oh, yeah. Like, like, so I didn't even have all of my fantastic powers yet. But you were still pretty... If you're a child, though... Because the pact mm. has been going on for like a like hundred years. Yeah. Oh, oh, I guess oh. I guess you're like a normal child. Then. Oh, I thought I was thinking in my head that it was like when I ran away to, for lack of a better idiom, Neverland with you, that I kind of stopped progressing. Yeah. Oh, that's because now I'm your doll. I can wear anything right. that you make for me to wear. You are the perfect metaphor for my arrested development. I'm your art installation project. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think we're, <laughs> I assume everything is perfect. Like Peter Pan, I assume everything about this life is perfect. Yeah. And it's not. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, that that could be it. Unless, unless the child needs that kind of mortal grounding to work properly. I was thinking, for what it's worth, Ash, for the consideration of the board, I was thinking that the time... So maybe not before the pact, maybe right around the pact. Okay. That the time being spent in proximity to you and the demon, that I am sort of paused. But if I were to leave permanently, I would continue to be mortal and age and die. Ooh, here's a pitch. Here's a pitch. You know, we got that. We got that gravitational lensing. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. What oh. if? The it, world outside is yeah, just yeah. moving so much faster oh. than the world. In like the closer you get to me, the more your time slows down because literally event horizon, event horizon stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thoughts? Yes, I was making that face because more like if that was a thing that Shine was doing to Sable like on purpose, I would not be okay with it. But if that is just an accidental side effect of living yeah. with someone who has a black hole in their chest cool that's that's a great point and that's that's what i was going for James, yeah yeah is yeah. that it's a it's a magical side effect that not that you are not controlling on purpose yeah yeah no i i don't i i, I again like I, I didn't want my relationship with the demon to be like a coercive one where i like like ha, 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 now you're my eternal soul prisoner fool so i i definitely want to keep yeah. myself in that place for that that's great yeah and so i haven't even thought about how much time has passed like we yeah. spent like five years looking for a spoon or something <laughs> because that's just how shine lives his life yes yeah cool i like that number two what is your relationship with the demon like ask the demon how they feel about you hey demon yes so like you're the planet right yeah you were the planet in, in essence who's the planet now don't worry about it Okay. Uh, have you have you always been the planet? Yeah. So you're you've always been the planet. You're always going to be the planet, except for now because you're the house. I mean, I'm still the planet. My consciousness is here, but you're still the planet. Yeah. What would you be if you weren't a planet? Uh. Have you thought about meteorites or asteroids, or maybe a moon, or is that too much in the same box? Be a star. <laughs> <laughs> screams shine Hush. from the other room shine like door slams <laughs> so i think sable has conflicting feelings about the demon because the demon is a extremely cool but b has an antagonistic relationship with shine to a degree mm. um which concerns sable greatly but also the demon probably knows cool things and when Sable can't get an answer out of Shine about something that Shine doesn't think is important or Shine forgets, I think Sable goes to Azrenel for information, for discussion, you know, that sort of thing. I think there's like companionship sort of vibe. What do you think, Mel? 
A hundred percent. I think Azrenel feels a little protective of you because they're worried about Shine's ability to be responsible. Yeah. That rules. Yeah. I think that's cool that there's like almost a parallel, like I'm concerned for your well-being because both of you are kind of tearing each other apart, magically speaking. And you are concerned for me because I'm literally a child yes. <laughs> and this is a, not a, not a constructive home for a child to be brought up in. Yeah. Cool. I like that. Number three, you once had to be saved from the monster. What happened and how did the wizard save you? Why did you reluctantly accept that the monster no longer poses a threat to you? Ask the monster how they feel about you. So this is interesting because like I was kind of saying, I think that any life before being in Shine's immediate proximity is very foggy and hazy to Sable. But I think that there are things that come up and there's like sense memory that comes up, like a certain smell or a certain taste or something might make Sable remember something from before or a feeling. But I think whatever happened with Lament is a nightmare. I think it is a nightmare for Sable. Can I ask a question? Okay. Is Sable one of the kids? How does that timeline work out? Does that work out? I don't think so. I think, okay. yeah, I, I, I think they're going to be the same age as the kids that I've been taking care of. There we go. Okay, yeah. cool. But not the Is kid. 10 good for you for that? Yeah. Great. Cool. Because I, I want to be right on that little ledge <laughs> of being yeah. a whole person in there. <laughs> cool. Because I was wondering that too. I mm. was trying to see if that Mo- timeline was going to like... Yeah, but I like that, that that lines up in that aspect. Yeah. So what happened? Lament, do you have any thoughts? Heck, I mean, for one, I can let you know that I smell like wet tree dirt and damp leaves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that scent evokes some of those like heart kind of clenching feelings yeah. that we have. But what would have happened? I mean, my whole entire purpose that I see it is to spread misery and sadness because I wasn't able to succeed at life and, you know, failure left and right. I've, it seems that I have this lingering relationship that's kind of hanging over my head where I got dumped once. And while I believe I was able to let it go, it seems like it is still causing a lot of fear and terror as, as I project a lot of my negative feelings. So what kind of a younger child were you? Like, how were you when you were nine? Mm, that's an interesting question. Additional question, because now we're playing tennis. That thing that happened when you put the curse on Sorrel mm-hmm. and scared those children for life. Is that common for you? Do you do that a lot? Oh, yeah. Like, yep, oh, yep. children. Oh, a schoolhouse. I'm going to go, you know. Yep. Yeah, that's common. Once a week. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. It's good to have a routine. So maybe that's as simple as that. Maybe, like, previously. Yeah, yeah. I, and I love the idea that Lament doesn't even recognize me. Like, Lament has no memory of even doing that. No, nope, For you, Tuesday, this was the most important day of your life. For yeah. Lament, it was Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Great. Okay. So it was some... I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Maybe it was like a marketplace. Maybe it was bringing vegetables in from a garden or, you know. You had like a little panier, like a little, um, what are those words in English? A wicker basket with like bread and fruit. Yeah. Yeah. I was doing a reverse bell through the village. Bonjour, bonjour. And like um, (laughs) back to the the house and just was there while you were burninating the peasants. Correct. And it really messed me up. And I think... It's as though Sable got caught in an F5 tornado. Like the wind 
the rain, the feeling, the noise, the panic of the people around them, you know, all of that. And I think somehow Sable survived this incident and was able to take shelter in some way and came home with the wicker basket totally empty and just shaking, you know, Ooh. hardly able to speak as as to what happened to explain it to Shine. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is a bad vibe that that Sable has. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's trauma that hasn't been confronted. And while I have spent a lot of time comforting you and providing you comfortable things that don't intersect with the trauma, now that I have to care for lament, it's popping up a little bit. And maybe I don't like that. Maybe that's one of the areas where lament and I butt heads. It's Mm like, ooh, it would be great if you looked different and were different. How about yeah. No. That's really interesting. So then, yeah, Lament you, you doesn't have any recollection of me being in any particular child. I'm just another no, child. I'm indifferent to you. You take up space. But you really You're don't like sometimes. kids, right? Like, there's like a no kids vibe with you. Oh, absolutely. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Kids are so happy. None of that. I'm None of that. Very serious. I take all Not of this very enough. seriously. <laughs> oh, I, gosh, I love that. I have to learn this. Otherwise, Shine isn't going to be okay. (laughs) My beauty must be preserved. Preserved. The demon throws mud. (laughs) I have to clean that up. Thank you. Yeah. I think that's it for me. Yeah. This episode of One Shot uses music by Scott Buckley, provided under a Creative Commons International 4.0 license. Tracks used are This Too Shall Pass, Inbound, Machina, Air, and Filaments. This episode of One Shot was edited and sound designed by Tracy Barnett. You can find more of their work online anywhere at The Other Tracy. Well, heroes, that's it for One Shot this week. Don't worry, we'll be back next week with more Our Traveling Home. In the meantime, be sure to check out some of the other amazing programs here on the One Shot Network, like Skyjack's Courier's Call. Take a trip to the gentler side of Sphere, guided by Drew Merzieski, Ali Grauer, Aaron Catano Saez, and Palomi Pertap playing young and intrepid apprentices of the Swiftwell Courier Service, a mail delivery organization on Sphere that believes in righting wrongs and doing mercies. Listen to Kieran, Cece, and June grow up, have adventures, learn some important lessons, and fly on the backs of giant birds. Just search for Skyjack's Courier's Call on your favorite podcast app. As always, a humble and hearty thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show. For the latest one-shot news, be sure to follow me on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Look us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OneShotPod, or look for news on the site at OneShotPodcast.com. If you want to inquire about ad rates, live appearances, commissioning episodes, or you have a general question or comment for the show, contact us at gamemaster at oneshotpodcast.com. One Shot is a production of the One Shot Podcast Network in association with Paracosm Press. 
Paracosm Press is a Chicago-based tabletop games publisher. You can find more information at P-A-R-A-C-O-S-M-Press.com. Finally, that music which is right now swelling up over my voice is Adventure by Be Your Own Pet, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes. Heroes.